0: Even though I may be the boss of my company or I may be the principal of my school, who am I getting my direction from and following? Who's
1: following me and how am I helping them? And then who will follow them down the road? Welcome back to the Mentor Leader radio special based on the new book by Tony Dungy called The Mentor Leader, Secrets to Building People and Teams that Win Consistently. Well, now let's return to the discussion with Tony Dungy and Wayne Shepard. Coach,
2: you, as well as anyone, has seen the tremendous pressure on young people to conform to the culture around them and buy into all those empty promises. But there is a certain sense of reward that you get, isn't there, from, from the satisfaction of turning uh, someone's heart to maybe to God or to doing the right things? You
0: really do. When you can help someone grow as a person, uh, as a coach, when you can see someone improve on the field and develop a skill and say, you know what, he is so much better uh, than he was last year at this point, it, it's gratifying. Same thing happens when you uh, are with a young person and they grow through personality issues, character issues, when they find the direction in life they want to go and they, they come back and say, you know what, hey, I'm working in this job and, and I'm doing well and um, I really feel good about where my life is and where my marriage is. Uh, those are things that um, you, know, you, you can't replace that feeling.
2: Of course, we may never see the full impact of, of what difference we may make in people's lives until eternity, but. Uh, at the same time, there is a, a legacy that can happen. You tell a great story in your book about Mike Tomlin and your own son. Yeah. It comes full circle back to your family.
0: It really does. And many times you don't know the impact you're having. Um, in 2001, I had to hire four new coaches, and I ended up hiring a young guy from University of Cincinnati, Mike Tomlin. And Mike was young, energetic. You could see he was going to be a great coach. He was only with me one year. But I think I gave him the opportunity to branch out to to really see his skills develop, and then then I left and went to Indianapolis. Mike stayed in Tampa with the Buccaneers, and he ended up coaching a young man who um, got traded to Tampa, and didn't end up becoming a great player for the Bucks. But had Mike for one year, and uh, he learned a lot from Mike Tomlin. Fast forward, you know, seven years later, and. This young man is now an assistant coach in college, and he's coming to recruit my son, Eric. Oh,
2: how about that? <laughs>
0: and I hear so much of Mike Tomlin in him, the words that he says, the the ways that he talks about developing as a person and developing as a player, exactly what Mike Tomlin told him years before. And I called Mike and told him that. I said, you, you may never hear this, but you had an impact on one young man who's now a coach, and he is going to impact hundreds of young men. And that that's the
2: legacy that goes forward from helping someone develop. Tony, you spend a lot of time in your book talking about what a mentor leader looks like. What, do they all look alike? Or are personalities and differences come into play?
0: No, that's the great thing about it. Uh, mentor leaders come in all shapes, sizes, sexes, ages. Hmm. Uh, there, there's no blueprint for it. But what the common denominator is is how you go about leading and uh, the fact that you are really looking to help the group that you're with. Uh, that's the bottom line. Uh, That comes before even the uh, success of the team, the success of you as an individual, your personal desires. But, um, you know, what can I do to use the gifts that God has given me, the talents, the strengths that I have to help someone else? And I may not have all the strengths that they need, but I can help them in certain ways and that's why I'm there.
2: I like what you say in your book about turning the organizational chart upside down. It, it's usually this perfect pyramid with the point at the top. You'd like to see it inverted.
0: It, it really is. When you look at most organizational charts, the CEO is on top, the president, the, the leader, uh, and everybody who reports to him. And, and it shows a lot of people reporting, and it kind of makes you feel like everything depends on that guy at the top. And I don't think that's the way it should be. Uh, it should be, you know, the, the important people are the people that you're leading that uh, mentor leader really at the bottom kind of lifting, helping, elevating the rest of the group and realizing that the important people are uh, the people who are getting the information, Mm -hmm. who are doing the work, who are really should
2: be at the top. That really is a great way of looking at it. But I can imagine people thinking about becoming mentors and leaders in their own circle of influence feeling somewhat inadequate. Maybe I've got some weaknesses that uh, I haven't overcome in my own life and Maybe that disqualifies me.
0: I think that's one of the things that uh, we all think about, the things that we can't do. We look at our weaknesses, and you don't have to have it all together. God gives you certain strengths. He knows what you're good at. That's what you can impart to other people. And uh, the the greatest example is right from the Bible. Jesus took 12 guys, and and he poured into them, but they weren't perfect. Mm -hmm. They didn't have all the answers. They weren't um, probably the people that would be picked out as potential leaders but they did a great job of then using their individual strengths to pass along the message that Christ gave them.
2: I know character is of utmost importance to you. You, you uh, think a lot about that, uh, work to develop that good, strong character in, in, the, in the men that you uh, disciple and coach. But what are you looking for when you look for character in a person?
0: Well, when I, I was coaching in the NFL, I always looked for guys who were going to be good teammates, guys who were going to be dependable, guys who it was important to do the right things. Talent is certainly a, a part of what, what you bring to the table, but talent is only a, a small part of it. And uh, even more determination, drive, that will to succeed, that will to be a good teammate, all of that uh, goes a lot farther than talent in determining how good of a player you're going to be for the team. And uh, Denny Green used to have a great line when we'd come to the final cuts, and I was on his coaching staff, and um we'd always say, oh, we can't get rid of this guy. He's so talented. And he say, I've told you over and over, it's not going to be the 53 best players. It's going to be the guys who make us the best team. Hmm. Don't get hung up. Don't get caught up in talent. That's not always what helps you win. And uh, I remember that he was so right um, so many times that very, very talented player who didn't have the best interest of the team at heart, he's not going to help you as well as the guy who is really driven to help the team succeed.
2: Tony, I'm not going to make this uh, an, an episode of This Is Your Life, but I do want to take you back to junior high school uh, and the story of Mr. Rockmore, uh, a junior high assistant principal. Now, you were obviously very young, and he didn't know what, how you were going to turn out as a person and what you would do in life, but he invested himself in you, didn't he? Yes,
0: Leroy Rockmore was our uh, middle school assistant principal, had a tremendous impact on my life. I came up, you know, through elementary school, and really the only time you saw the principal is if you got sent to his <laughs> office and did something bad. So I, Which think I hope you, didn't happen to you. Not, not a whole <laughs> lot, but you associate that principal, assistant principal, with discipline, and and they're they're kind of the leader, but they're in a, in a tower. Well, uh, I got to middle school, and you know we knew Mr. Rockmore was assistant principal, but all of a sudden he's sitting with us in in the lunchroom, and. You know We've got kind of big eyes, and why is he here? Who is he looking for? What information? Did somebody do something wrong? And this happened day after day, and we found out that he was just there getting to know us and talking about basketball and football games, who we're playing next week and how we're going to beat them and uh, what was going on in people's lives, how's your brother doing, things that I just didn't expect. Well, over the course of three years in middle school, he became a friend. Uh, as as well as the, the principal, and mm-hmm. you know, he laid out the discipline when but it was you necessary. Up but we looked up to him, and he's taken us to high school games and and just different things, and, and being around. Uh, well, fast forward to my senior year in high school, and I had a disagreement with the coach, and I, I quit the team. And Mr. Rockmore called me and said, I, "I want you to come over to my house. Why are you quitting? You love football. It's been important to you. You're passionate about it." I said, hey, I, I disagree with the coach on this one issue. Uh, you can't let one disagreement stop you from doing things you really love, you really enjoy. Think about it. And I did, and I went, went back to the team. But uh, it all started from him sitting down at the lunch table seven years earlier and just being a friend.
2: Think of how different your life could have been if you had walked away from that high school team.
0: I thought about that as I was uh, walking up on the platform to get the Super Bowl trophy after we beat the Bears. You know, you think about who had an impact, and yeah, Coach Knoll and, and uh, Coach Stahl, my college coach, and Terry Bradshaw, and all these guys that helped me, and Denny Green. But then I thought, hey, you know, if Leroy Rockmore hadn't come to me that summer night and said, let's let's talk, if he hadn't sat down at that lunch table when I was in the seventh grade. I'd
2: been doing something totally different. Can you look back and see someone at every stage of life that God put there as that mentor leader for you?
0: I really can, and I thank the Lord for it, uh, starting with my parents. Um, I had educators for parents who, who thought that learning was important. They also thought that being your own person was important. Uh, I can remember my mom telling me, don't follow the crowd. You know, follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Do what's right. My dad telling my sister, who was interested in medicine, if you're interested, be a doctor. You know, at that time, most of the advice to a a young lady at that point would be, oh, go to nursing school. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you're that interested, go to medical school. And and she did. Um, So, you know, having them in our lives and then older boys helping me uh, to practice and work and develop coaches, teachers who took an interest in in what I'm doing. I remember Mr. Bernard, my geometry teacher, (laughs) uh, would ask me, you know, how'd you do Friday night? Do you have a good game? What did you think about And, you know, I wasn't used to that. The geometry teacher interested in <laughs> sure. my activities outside the classroom. But all those people had, had an impact on who I became.
2: Is that still happening today? Do you have mentors today?
0: I do. I do. I, um, you know, talk to several people, um, especially my pastors, uh, who, who kind of say, hey, how, how are things going in your life? And uh, I have questions. How would you handle this situation? Uh, I still call Coach Green and and people that I I respect. But uh, what it's made me think is, am I doing that as much? All these people that I've benefited from, am I passing that knowledge on? And uh, to me, that's something that I really made an intentional decision once I I really realized how impactful these people were in my lives.
2: So all of us should be at that point where we are becoming mentor leaders to those behind us in a sense, and yet also being mentored by those ahead of us.
0: It's a, it's a train like that. Hey, I'm following, who am I following? Uh, even though I may be the boss of my company or I may be the principal of my, my school, who am I getting my direction from and following? Who's following me and how am
2: I helping them? And then who will follow them down the road? Well, Coach, this is a great challenge to all of us listening today. Um, When we come back, I want to talk about specifically what do we do as mentor leaders, and I want to talk about Jesus as your example and our
1: example of a mentor leader. You're listening to the Mentor Leader Radio Special with Wayne Shepherd and Tony Dungey, based on the new book by Tony Dungey called The Mentor Leader, Secrets to Building People and Teams that Win Consistently. If you'd like more information on Tony Dungy and his new book, The Mentor Leader, visit TheMentorLeader.com. There you can sign up for updates on Tony, read what people are saying about him and his strong faith in God, sign up for Tony's podcast, talk to Tony Dungy on his blog, and enter to win a free signed copy of his new book and more. It's all at TheMentorLeader.com. If our motivation
0: is really to help people that's when we're gonna be successful, that's when we're gonna do something long-lasting. And that motivation really doesn't come within us. It's it's not human nature to help the other person before we help ourselves. That's gotta come from Christ, and pointing people to the Lord, that's the ultimate message in the book.
1: More with Tony Dungy after this break.